0: Hi, Jim here. Thanks for listening to this past episode of the Ski Podcast. Since releasing this podcast, we have a new supporter of the show. The Ski Podcast is now supported by Switzerland Tourism. They will be helping us explore some of the 355 ski destinations across the country, from famous names of Samaritz, Lax, Davos and Zermatt, to the lesser known resorts that cover their mountainous land. We will be reporting on them and telling interesting stories about the people who live and work there. In total, there are 7,067 kilometres of slopes to ski and 1,800 lifts to ride, and at least 80 of them are funiculars, which is good because I do love a good funicular. Well, there's a lot to do, so while we get on with that, you can get on with listening to this episode of the Ski Podcast. Thanks, listener, and thanks, Switzerland Tourism. Hello and welcome to another Knowledge is Powder, the ski podcast with uh, Ian Martin on the other end of the microphone and me, Jim Duncan, and maybe a guest appearance from Ian's printer. We're just not sure. (laughs) Um, Coming up in today's show, we we will be talking about alternative things you could do instead of skiing during the summer. Um, We're going to look at um, being ski fit all year round and also we're going to be doing a report on heli skiing which I'm quite excited to hear about. Uh, If you want to get in touch with the show you can tweet us at the ski podcast email at the ski podcast at gmail.com or you can search Facebook and we are on there and don't forget to share us with all your cool ski mates. Um, First of all I got a notification the other day Ian that tells me to congratulate you for seven years at Skidipedia. Well done,
1: congratulations. Right okay Uh, that's interesting. I mean you're right it is seven years and that must be something to do with with, um, LinkedIn right? Yeah, that's right. So, congratulations there. Um, since we last spoke, I um, I went to Listex. Oh yeah, how did you find it?
0: Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Actually, um,
1: I mean, it's interesting did you go all for the in- whole day, or uh, or just uh, the kind of lunch onwards, or yeah, I got there at lunchtime, um, got some skiing in. They did. That's quite daunting, isn't it? Isn't it? Because you will
0: see there's a there's a balcony of your peers, up there. <laughs> um, and there was only like five of us who decided to go skiing. Okay. Um, so he did that. It was at the Snow Centre, uh, yeah. just in case you wondered. And you said last time, Ian, that you reckon you got about six turns
1: in. Uh, so yeah, got, well, you can do, yeah. I, I managed. My best was seven. Right. And my worst was thirteen. Okay. Best or right? I see. Worst. Could, couldn't you argue that getting thirteen in is your best?
0: I suppose so. I tried really
1: hard to get those in. It was quite challenging, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But so how did you feel you got on under pressure of being observed then by other Illuminati from the ski industry?
0: Um, well, first of all, I was a bit surprised I had to wear a helmet. So um, I had to wear one of those geeky helmets, which, put, <laughs> which may... It's like, not your own helmet with a cool
1: peak and stuff on it, is it? No, it's... Um, those proper skiddling ones. So yeah, that's, which that is, set me back a it's bit. It's been sprayed with uh, antiseptic to make sure you don't get uh, you know, anything from anyone else. Headlights or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once I got over the embarrassment of that, I think I skied all right. Uh, no one mentioned anything about it. Right. Um, no, no one came what's... up to you afterwards and said, hey, that was some fine skiing, Jim.
0: Yeah, no, I'm surprised. In the same way, you know, when you drive down, um, down the road really fast and you think maybe there's a Formula One talent spotter right behind me. Um, it, it didn't happen. Yeah, OK, good. But but, so, you know, and,
1: and uh, you know, from a, from a business and, and uh, insight point of view, was it useful?
0: Um, I mean, I met a lot of people that um, I hadn't met. I mean, I've been out of, I've not gone to a lot of ski industry, industry events for a long time, so it was nice to see some old faces, put some faces to names, which is good. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. Um, we obviously talked about GDPR, which is pretty <laughs> yeah, exciting. Yeah, I thought you'd be um, exciting. Yeah, I mean, the general downgrading of peace ratings is <laughs> a very, very important thing, Ian. And I think yeah. it's happening quite a lot at many ski resorts. Right. <laughs> um obviously that's not GDPR stands for. Um it was a lot more done than that. Um there was a big session about um reinventing skiing. And right. I think I think skiing is what it is. You can't reinvent it, can you? You can reinvent the marketing of it, but skiing is essentially what it is, so I don't think you can reinvent it. But there was one person who said something that really stuck with me, it was Craig Stockwell, who's from a company called Dupler. Duplair? Oh yeah, I think yeah, that's how you pronounce it. And he was talking about um, millennials, and obviously they're they're not necessarily going skiing yeah. as much as um, as we are. Although, I th- am I a millennial? I'm 37. I'm just
1: outside. Aren't I, think I you're just outside. Yeah. What does it make me? <sighs> Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can never remember those classifications. E generation X or something. Oh, yeah, it might be Generation X, <clears throat> just about. I'm just on the border, I think. Yeah. Anyway, he
0: said that maybe um, we should start looking at multi-activity holidays, less emphasis on ski. So instead of pitching it as um, six arduous days of awful, non-stop skiing, <laughs> um, maybe maybe talk about it. So, you know, they go... Um, Uh, you know one day is husky riding and all those things that you can do that all exist but package it up a bit better so you know you've just got two tester days of skiing and snowboarding and from there build on and hopefully these people will come back into
1: the sport and help us and help it continue to thrive. I mean that is an interesting idea I mean husky riding uh, suggests to me that you probably need something like direwolves to be big enough to be able to ride around on them but I, yeah, you, you, you're talking about being towed, uh, towed um, on a sled or something. But, you know, to a certain degree, you know, resorts, uh, a lot of resorts have already acknowledged the fact that, uh, you know, skiing in itself isn't a sufficient uh, draw anymore. They need to have other activities uh, available. And you've only got to look around, you know, at, for example, Valterrens where they have that, uh, you know, the highest zip wire uh, in the world or in Teen where they've got that... It's not quite a zip wire, is it? something where you just throw yourself off a ledge. It's like a bungee, a massive bungee. Or all the different luges that they're adding uh, in resorts. Mm. Uh, And and all of the different, you know, new activities, which sit alongside skiing. So I'm not sure I'd agree with him that you would, uh, you know, that... People will necessarily go for a multi-activity holiday where they um, do, you know, a couple of days skiing and a couple of days something else. But I think people are much more inclined to, you know, let's say, ski in the morning. And then, wow, there's this great activity, whether it might be, you know, ice driving or ice diving or you know, some of the fantastic uh, aqua centres around these days that they built in, you know, Voreas and Corshall, you etc. Know, and, you know, go to that in the afternoon and mix it up. Um, more, I think that's why the resorts are investing in, in all of those facilities. It costs huge amounts of money because they recognize that just skiing on its own when you're competing against a, a, a kind of global market of activity holidays isn't enough. I get it, and I, but I feel really blinkered about it in terms of why is skiing not
2: enough? It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah, but I mean we
1: we know it. You are preaching to the converted with us, and I think the issue is that with millennials in this country, because school trips uh, you know are much less common than they used to be, that they're not necessarily introduced uh, to the sport uh, anymore. And there is obviously the perception that you know skiing is uh, expensive, which you know it is relative to some of the other alternatives you could do. You know if if you wanted to go on a skiing holiday or you could book your multi-activity water sports holiday to Greece and you know I've, I've not looked up what those prices are but I'm pretty sure it'd be less
0: yeah I think you're right um there is um, one couple in that I think might be able to do something about the desire to go skiing for millennials yeah. and that's um is it Harry and oh who's she marrying Oh,
1: um is that the um, that thing We're that's happening in, on Saturday? The FA Cup final.
0: The FA Cup yeah. final, yeah. As you can, i yeah. tuning to both of those things. Yeah. Um, the reason I bring it up, because I just wanted to just tell yeah. you a really mildly amusing story. Um, a long time ago, when I worked for a mark um, in the marketing department. For a um, ski travel agent Um, it was exactly around about five years ago that um, another royal couple got married Um, uh, the Kate part of the couple, I I don't know the royal names, but anyway I photoshopped them into a picture it was so bad um, of them skiing in Meribel Um, And tweeted it out saying a royal couple spotted on honeymoon skiing in Maribel. And within half an hour, the Daily Mail
1: had phoned me up (laughs) to find out more and secure rights to my images. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I hope you got a good uh, wedge for that then. Now, my response was, have you seen the pictures? They're not really there. Right, okay. You know, while we're on that one, I will tell you my story about a a royal photo. You might recall that I used to run a business called Natives, and you might recall that we used to sell sell merchandise with the strap line Knowledge Is Powder on. Uh, And uh, they were these very cool uh, hoodies that were designed. And um, William... Uh, at the time was dating uh, a girl and I can't remember. And there was a photo of her and next sitting next to William at a polo competition. And she was wearing one of our hoodies. And uh, so I, I got a copy of that photo, which I might've taken a photo, you know, it's back in the day. I probably scanned it and then, uh, and did something and I put it on the site saying, wow, look at this. And the next day I got a call from the son from the photographer, who'd uh, taken the photo saying, I oh, see you've used my photo without permission. I'm sending you an invoice for £10,000, <laughs> uh, which put me in a bit of a sweat for, uh, for a while. But um, I consulted a lawyer friend of mine and uh, she said, take it down and don't worry about it because your business is so small that no one's going to care. But, uh, but there you go. That's my contact with, uh, with photos of the, of the Royals connected skin.
0: What you're saying there, Ian, is an image of someone in um, a T-shirt you provided or not provided them with doesn't boost the sales by £10,000. Okay, now we're going to talk about um, skiing alternatives. Um, What I kind of think, Ian, what what we're looking for here is there's two sorts of things, isn't there? It's either a sport or activity that replaces the regular activity of skiing or a sport that um, provides a holiday that would be similar to that one day a week of skiing. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, Yeah, let's run with that. So, I mean, for me, an obvious, I mean, is surfing. It's such um, a sport. There's lots of um, crossover there, isn't there? There's adventure. There's extreme aspect about it. Some people might say it's a similar sort of vibe interesting locations that you can go to and surf um obviously the kit is fairly expensive um it works well for a week at a time and it works well just for a, a, a one-off holiday is something is surfing something you would you would replace your holiday ski holiday with in the summer Ian?
1: uh I've, I've tried surfing a couple of times i've been spectacularly unsuccessful at it but i can i definitely agree that it's a it's a good kind of parallel with with skiing or, or snowboarding, obviously, even even more snow, with that standing sideways uh, kind of thing. Um, and, you know, you're uh, it's water and frozen water. So, yeah, you know, that's, a, that's a, good, a good proxy for it.
0: Can I ask you a question? Okay, so a surfer, if you go for a week surfing
1: yeah. on
0: a holiday, and that's it for a year. You cannot class yourself as a surfer. Whereas if you go for a week skiing every year, you can class yourself as a skier.
1: Is that fair? I don't know if it is. I don't even know if it's true. If you go for it surfing for a year, I mean, it seems strange if you would go on a holiday surfing for a year. But what if you live in like Birmingham or something? How would you go surfing? You'd have to, you know, I guess you have to put in a lot of effort. Maybe they do. Um, no, I think it, I think you should be allowed to call yourself sick. a surfer if you if you go for a week holiday every year you're going to get some emails um okay uh Ian what what what's what, what do you do to replace skiing uh, well cycling I reckon I think is a really good one you know just uh in in general for keeping up your uh your fitness because uh, it obviously works your legs and uh mix in a bit of stand-up paddle boarding as well for your uh for your core strength. and uh you know if you did plenty of that prep then you could go straight into the season and fly down the slopes I think
0: Okay. Um we had some online suggestions yeah. I asked a few people and um someone suggested hockey as a replacement hockey. sport. What or, ice hockey or field hockey, as they believe they call it. Uh it was just hockey. I'm assuming it was grass right. hockey. Or or air hockey maybe, I don't know.
1: Um <laughs> I'm saying it's not a good suggestion. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not with you on that one either rock climbing yeah core strength uh is good and and also you know as a as an alternative being in in contact with you know with nature and being in the great outdoors that uh, there's a that works well
0: yeah and some you know good locations and once again you can go to the mountains yep. to do it
1: um wakeboarding and obviously water skiing there uh, were two more mentions yeah water skiing is pretty different technique isn't it i'm not sure that it works so well really hurts your legs um also you need a boat and lots of money to do both (laughs) things yeah well some people would say you need lots of money to go skiing as well but um i like the idea you know with skiing okay you need lift to get to the top but once you're on the way it's up to you you know you're in control of your uh your speed etc whereas being towed behind a boat this is it
0: just never really appealed to me It was really noisy. I mean, I was down the beach the other day, and there were people jet skiing. I'm like, where's the fun in that? You're just really irritating me. I don't like the jet skis. Also, with with skiing, if you want, you can walk up surfing, you paddle out skiing, you can walk up the mountain. With jet jet skiing, I mean, you just sink without the boat. There's no downhill option. Um, The other option is, uh, what about mountain boarding? Mountain
1: boarding? Mountain boarding. Yeah, I've seen seen it. It looks spectacularly dangerous, I think. I've had a go. It is quite hard. Um, what I noticed,
0: I have, did some research on it, and there was a map of where you can go mountain boarding in oh, yeah. the UK. And originally I looked at wow, there's something like 20,000 um, mountain boarding centres. Turns out they've just mapped the entire of the UK, <laughs> saying right. any hill that you can see, okay. you can go mountain okay. board. And, and, finally, and And finally, what about golf? Now, there's a theory that lots of surfers and skiers play golf, My friend's got a theory that the endorphins that you release when you hit like a a good shot, um, plus the difficulty of achieving that shot is a similar feeling of catching like a perfect wave or getting a fresh line on a powder day. So really hard to recreate that moment. Um, Admittedly, I'm a terrible golfer and I'm um, pretty bad at skiing and surfing, so I'm not probably the best person. Um, do you think golf is a good option? I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a,
1: guessing you're not yeah, a good option. I'm a, definite, I'm a so definite no on that uh, score. I mean, you know, I know that feeling when you hit a golf ball and you think, wow, that was great. If only I could do that you know 70 times in a row I'll be a brilliant I'll be a brilliant uh player but you know if you're skiing down a slope and it's a perfect pitch and uh, and there's some nice powder and the snow is really good you know that that goes on for for minutes at a time you know the golfing shot is just like a fleeting thing that goes and then you know you sky your next shot into some lake and you know, I don't know what how you compare that to skiing, falling over, maybe. No, um, forget, forget golf.
0: <laughs> going and
1: going in the water yeah.
0: bunker. I don't know. Um, I mean, it's a good idea if you live in the mountains because obviously
1: every single resort becomes a golf course in the summer. Mm-hmm, yeah, and and I believe um, it's if got- flattering if you play golf at high altitude because the ball goes further. Yeah, it just goes further in the wrong direction, <laughs> there, doesn't it? Uh, have you got any more sports, Ian, that we think possibly we could look uh, at? No, I don't think so. I think mean, that's probably enough sport. You can still go skiing in summer. You don't need to have an alternative to skiing. Right, let's do some
0: reviews. I know you're always keen to find out what people think of us. We are too. And uh, it means you're not alone. You're not the only person that's solely, solely listening to this podcast. Ian, who have we got?
1: Uh, well... And we've had a couple of uh, reviews in the in the last month, which is great. You can always review us on on iTunes. And Greedy Pig Tim did. Uh, he said, uh, "I've now listened to all these podcasts, which is great because we've got a great back back catalogue there, and they grow on you. Uh, so be patient and listen." So good advice by Greedy Pig Tim. Uh, topical coverage of all winter skiing and snowboarding wrapped up and delivered in an easy to understand way. Jim Duncombe's relaxed delivery easily make my made my journey home less frustrating and takes me back to the mountains Uh, i'm looking forward to next season's podcast maybe he'll do a one-off summer special to update us on what's going in the southern hemisphere hope so keep up the good work it's a unique uk ski and uh, board podcast without bloody commercials ruining it and thanks for making my drive home enjoyable. Now, there's a couple of points I want to make to Greedy Pig, uh, Tim. It's not just Tim. It's me as well. Um, and um, if he's uh, uh, he's ruining our plans to actually try and make some money out of this one day, if he's concerned about uh, having no bloody commercials in it. There'll be but, good uh, commercials. We'll have to, we'll have to, yeah, there'll be good ones. We'll have to just keep working for free. I
0: think there's another. There's a few other points there that obviously you found us really irritating at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> right okay
2: he does make uh, Now we've grown yeah. on
0: him. they yeah. grow on you yeah they grow on you like yeah. that uh, also i mean I, I don't know how to put this but um really big tim's like a super fan of mine he's he's always enjoyed any content that i've made um from for many years and we've had lots of i've never met him we've had a lot of online dialogue um okay um, and he's a he's a very nice chap he likes latania he goes to Latanya a lot um so tim okay. we'll do a Latanya special next year with you um and ian will come along with you um i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure you'll enjoy that um yeah. it was another review um from a man called richard patey um and he says regardless of the fact i'm not aware of any other ski podcast this is definitely my favorite it's a great and enjoyable way to keep up to date with the british ski trade developments good work guys there we go um i mean i don't know i only have ski podcast i wouldn't i wouldn't bother looking
1: richard yeah. is that where that that phrase damning you with faint praise comes from possibly yeah no i think i think that's a positive one he gave us five stars as well and um i know richard and he's uh, he does his own podcasts uh on a completely different uh area well, once i know him i, I know him online <laughs> let's say and um and uh yeah so for him to say that our podcast is great then that's um that's really a, a great compliment
0: right then um we're going to go over to me in my garden now oh okay that's right we're in my um back garden very glamorous um just a mile away is the um british alps they so call it or the victorians did of uh, the tours in ilfracoon but that's quite a tenuous thing um we're here with sam who's going to do some exercises for us how we can stay ski fit for the for the year or so that you're not actually skiing is that right
1: absolutely yes.
0: brilliant yes. stuff um, what we're going to do is while we do it Sam is going to give me some exercises to complete Which I'm uh, mildly dubious about. So if you can hold my microphone. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Right then,
2: Sam, um, let's get started. And what what should I do first? So classics is your basics of squats, okay? So we're going to be looking at squats, where we're just going to bend the bum back, back straight, and just come back through, looking for hips, glutes, and lower back mobility. Okay. All right? Is this right? Yep. Ah. So weight in the heels. You want the weight going into your heels, and you want your bum going back. Centre of gravity. That's better, that's okay. better.
0: So While I do this, Sam, tell us why, um, as a fitness instructor, you're qualified to tell me how to be fit for skiing.
2: So my initial experience for skiing and snowboarding came from the army uh, with 5-9 Commando, now 2-4 Regiment based at Chivna. Uh, I Spent over six months in Norway doing Arctic training and various training with them. And uh, it showed me a massive uh, importance of how skiing and the importance of looking after yourself for skiing is crucial okay so what we'll, um this is starting to hurt a little bit so now from here all right we're going to now go into lunges so as you are squatting all you're going to do is just take your back foot back and the knee's going to come down to the grass so you're just going to step your knee back so go into back lunges okay yes. Like yep. excellent so making sure that that back knee all right doesn't get too close to your heel all right okay, so straight so what spine
0: these two exercises how they help me
2: So the squats are really good for thigh strength, really good for your glutes or your bum muscles, which is going to head towards our core. Lunges are really good for stabiliser muscles, your inside and outside thigh. While you're going in for the lunge here, we want to try and make sure that we're not collapsing at the hip, keeping upright, shoulders back. This is for stability. This is, again, for core and balance.
0: What are the benefits of me
2: being fit for skiing all year round? so because obviously I'd, you know, just six months I'm not really going to go so let's not beat about the bush uh skiing boarding and anything of that particular nature it's expensive so if you're saving up for a whole year to go for a week 10 days you want to make sure you get the maximum out of it and also you don't want to get injured either so like any major uh, sport or competition you want to put the time in before you go so you want to get the maximum effort and make sure that you're getting the maximum time in the day, oh, all right?
0: Sales pitch there, Sam. I, I know,
2: really so you really want to make sure that all these muscles are working, all right, and strong enough, and you are now looking. So you've been doing this, let's say, a minute, minute and a half, constant. it's quite right? now. And you're burning, yeah. So the problem is, when we go skiing, and we start getting the lactic acid build up, which you might be getting now, all right, you want to build that tolerance up, stamina and endurance in your training. So when you go on your holiday, your trip, to get the maximum out of your enjoyment all right and most importantly you're not going to get injured all right so i'm going to stop you there i'm going to just take you into a slightly nicer format okay so if i just hand the microphone to you all we're going to look at now is you're going to go into step outs, okay so we're bringing the core in now but we're also opening up our hips and we're going to try and get our foot as close to the outside of our hand okay so
0: So Sam is on the floor um, next to me and essentially he's in a press-up position and he's trying to almost touch his wrist with his foot.
2: Exactly, okay. So that's what we're going to have a look at now for you. All right, so it's going to have your core involved there now. like this? This, and you want a flat foot, okay. You're almost doing... Yeah, people would know this as the (laughs) classic...
0: You know me Sam, you know I'm
2: not very flexible. And this you is the reason the why this this is the reason why this is so important, okay? All the necessary noises are coming from you. Alright. We want to make sure we try not to dip the hip. You want to keep your spine neutral. Alright, let's try and go four more of those. And what this is doing, Jim, is it's opening up the inside of your thigh. If we have it any is. and if we have any tight hip issues, alright, this is a really good way of opening those areas up. The most important thing about anything, skiing, boarding, surfing, all of these sports that require us to do these quick actions is we need to make sure that we're supple enough, that we don't get an injury, that we don't fatigue quickly. And this is a really good movement. All right?
0: When I'm exercising like this, what sort of area on my body am I looking to you know, um, work on to make sure it's ready?
2: This one in particular is always going to take us back to our core everything comes down to our core movement. A lot of articles. So I'm going to get you up now, okay? All right. The most important thing about what you were just doing there, although it was moving you through your hip, it's actually stretching out your stomach and a muscle called the psoas, which goes up the either side of your spine, okay? Those muscles really are very vital that they keep as limber as possible. You hold so much energy in them if they're not working maximum efforts all right so we've got to make sure that that range is there that's why i gave that one to you brilliant um what's next so from there we're going to go back to your lunges all right however we're going to do it's like rowing over your thigh so as you lunge forward the thigh that comes forward you're going to turn your hands over the top of the thigh okay Okay. so again it's coming back to the core but you're also getting like the arrangement. So you're going over the thigh, over the, over the, thigh. the thigh. This is where my coordination lacks. This me. is now going into those elements, coordination, I mean, balance, look at me; you stability. wouldn't believe I could actually ski. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you are now teaching the next generation <laughs> or do you send your son to a school? Oh, I send him to a school. Why would you teach him yourself? Do you hate me. So I'm just gonna make a little adjustment to you now. So I want you to try and remember that when you're doing this, I want you to be as open as possible in the hip, okay? You okay. don't want to lean forward, we want to make sure you're no, like Yes, so you're more like your aligned. Like here. So, and that's the reason why that is because we're now starting to bring your pelvis into play. If anybody or any of your listeners are familiar with the old telemarking style when we're working through fresh powder, this is the perfect example of how we keep the body upright. You would traditionally have poles. I'm going to get you to do two more. Last one. And then shake those legs out. So the whole time we've been talking, I can see it in your face that you're building up that lactic acid tolerance, okay? So there's going to be very crucial we come on to stretches very soon alright so I'm going to take you through one more movement pattern again That's going to open up those hips so if you just hand the microphone back yeah, to sure. you so again coming back down onto the ground alright I've got my lunge position going on here and all that's going to happen is I'm going to touch the opposite elbow to the knee down to the ground as low as I can and then lift up the hand to the sky come down as low as I can with the elbow and come up to the sky
0: so to me, this exercise looks like Sam's about in the position to start a running race. And in the hands that is um, with his back knee, he's got a pint and he's trying to protect it from someone pushing him over. Exactly.
2: Or you know, a really uh, enthusiastic dog wants to come and knock it out of your hand. That's exactly what it is. is you're coming down and then lifting up. Okay? So you're going to do it five times on one side, then you're going to change over. And the same on the other side, dropping it down and lifting up. Okay, okay right. so we're going into the realms of a little bit of yoga, but this is actually really important. The yogas are very good for
0: skiing, isn't it? Because that, once again,
2: is your core. That's going to bring us on to like our uh, substitutes. So bring out that leg, so flat foot. So you want to come forward, like a lunge. Like this? Yeah, and forward more with that foot. Oh, yeah, nice. there we go. So you're going to drop that opposite elbow. That's it!
0: I mean, initially I thought this was going to be really easy, but once I'm in this position, it's quite difficult. Right, Sam, so I'm going to get on with this can you explain to us um, like a routine of daily exercises that we can go through I mean obviously they're gonna be
2: similar to what I'm doing now absolutely so I was thinking about this last night as we were t- uh, thinking about this whole interview and Tabata is a really fantastic form if people aren't familiar with it it's 20 seconds of exercise right. yeah and stretching that hand up to the ceiling good and then coming back down so you do two more and then you're going to swap over all right. So you just open it up. So as I was saying, so Tabata is a really good form of 20 seconds of exercise with a 10 second rest. And you can do a repeat of it up to eight times, depending on your level. So you could then look at your squats. All right. So if you're new to skiing or you're just getting started in the whole thing, squats is the best thing. All right. Lunges is advanced but squats protect a little bit more of your knees if you have uh, problems with the old kneecaps so you're going to do 20 seconds of squats you're going to have a 10 second rest and you're going to repeat it seven times okay that's going to get a really good movement in the squat position pelvis lower back from there i would then advise somebody to do core exercises so crunches you know um twists so the knee's going to come over to the elbow or the elbow to the knee. So you're going to get a good core exercise. Again, 20 seconds, eight times. That's good, Jim. Okay. So just come up from there and just get your legs shaking out again. So these exercises you talked about, we could, it would be a good way to put them on before a run or after a run. Yeah. So these are things that you want to, it comes down to I'm muscle. A good a- shake a runner. Good, good, good. It comes down to muscle activation. It comes down to understanding that we just need the muscles to switch on before you then use them at, potentially 100% maximum effort. We're talking about when you get to the top of the piece, where you get to the top of the run, and then you go for it. If you haven't warmed up, if you haven't got those muscles switched on, you then get problems of either compensation, or in a lot of cases, conditioning. So if you're quite stiff because you do one particular sport, then you can get over conditioned in that, and then we can start becoming rather rigid. Okay. Right? And this is why important So one of your uh, points about what can we do when we are not skiing, so surfing, cycling. So these are, these are
0: sports that we can look to take part in that will benefit us. Yeah, throughout the rest of the year. Now there's some
2: surprising ones. but Should I be doing anything right now? So I would like you now to just go into a core exercise. Okay. Where you're going to get into the straight press up position. Yep. Okay. And all you're going to do in that press up position is touch your shoulders. Okay. Uh, I I
0: reckon I can do that without a demonstration.
2: Good. Good. You're just going to, that's it. Good. And just tap away. So you're keeping that nice cat cat attack today. (laughs) So you're just going to be tapping those shoulders and making sure that the spine isn't twisting. All right, to help you. you. want to keep as straight as possible and just tap and touch. Okay.
0: We were talking about um, sports that we can take part in.
2: Absolutely. So um, our classic ones, so surfing, windsurfing and kite, kiteboarding, okay, are really good ones, especially down here in Devon. The water right on our doorstep, you'll be getting on those. Other ones, if you're more of a gym person, you can't forget the cross trainer. The cross trainer and the bike all right are fantastic ways of making sure the legs and everything are involved the cross trainer more because it's got the upper body and then other areas tennis all right for coordination for stamina for uh explosive movement all right because skiing and boarding skiing obviously depending on what style you're doing you're obviously going to be looking at different um movement patterns okay Uh, and then in uh roller skating ice skating all of these areas are all going to be using the body, as you would do if you're going away on a trip. So just come up from there. All right. So just recapping from what you've been up to: squats yep. with the very foundations of uh, feet to knee to hip, and obviously slight core. Lunges are going to take you onto a slightly more stability, using more muscles, inner and outer bum and core again. All right. Then we put you through some mobility stuff. So, as I've previously mentioned to you, it's really important that we keep our flexibility, okay, and our movement uh, at the forefront of anything we do because that's why you're going to bring your strength and your power. If certain muscles just haven't got that range, you're just not going to get the maximum from them. Um, Then we've gone on to do um, your core, so your shoulder touches there. So you're keeping yourself in the plank position, making sure that the whole core is switched on, strong and keeping your back nice and safe as well. And then you're going to be touching, so you're just getting that instability in. All right.
0: So essentially a little bit a day can really improve my skiing or just my ski holiday.
2: Yes, yeah, it'll improve your performance. It'll also improve your recovery. So you're not then, at the end of the day, really super stiff, or especially the next morning. Because what we're all guilty of, and I've been there too back in the day, where you just get up, yes, you'll feel a bit sore, And then you'll go, it's all right, I'll get back on and it will be fine again. But what we are doing is we're building up layers and layers of restriction in our muscles. And in all fairness, when you then come home and you don't carry on a routine or you don't get into something, you are going to find that your muscles are going to get tighter and tighter and we're going to lose movement. And then that's when injury is going to come in. And you may have to miss a season, you know, you might start suffering back spasms or anything like that. And you're just not going to enjoy your trip. They are the sort of the, the long term if we don't keep supple, flexible and fit.
0: That is incredible, Sam. Thank you very much for taking time to do this. I really appreciate that. Um, Sam does do online fitness um, support if you want to get in touch with him. Best way is to search Sam's Outdoor Fitness on Facebook. And you can message him directly there and maybe set up a program to make sure you're ready and ski fit. Nice bit of a promo there for you, mate. Thank you very much. No, no thank you. Yep, really So that was good. me Cheers. in the garden um, training with Sam. Um, and as you heard, him, mean, he, he was in the military um, as a, a, a military skier. Um, he knows an awful lot about fitness. Um, you can watch that video. We'll put that on our Facebook and Twitter. So you can see me being really bad at um, exercising and stretching. Um in your right. pre-fit, have you ever have you ever dropped your fitness levels and noticed a difference when you head out to the mountains?
1: When I say fit. I Well, mean, yeah, it, you know, uh, active. <laughs> yeah, I've I've always um, been fairly active, but I guess when I first started working natives and I was working super long hours, uh, I did uh, like lose my fitness a bit. And yeah, you definitely notice it out in the uh, in the mountains when you're not fit. You know, particularly obviously at altitude that's where the difference uh lies it's quite easy to kind of you know run around and keep fit at sea level but when you've got to exercise in really short sharp bursts in the mountains and that's a different uh, challenge. i mean i'm not I'm as obsessed by being as fit as i should be but i sh- should be
0: i think i get nearly i'm going <laughs> to yeah. get 40 soon so that's when i probably i'll have that midlife crisis and go for fitness um or you could buy a yeah, sports baby. car. I, mean, I I'm not really—I'm not into big sport, course, sport sporty cars. Uh, but who knows what'll happen when I'm 40. Uh, but I noticed this year I did make a concerted effort to get um, fit before, um, more fit before one of my trips and another trip, and I did really make a—it did really make a difference to my
1: endurance um, levels. Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to go out um, to Alagna in Italy. Uh, in March uh, on a heli-ski trip, uh, which Graham Bell was hosting. Uh, and he put together a little video and this uh, this clip is Graham Bell saying what he thought uh, about heli-skiing in, in Alanya.
2: The best place to go heli-skiing in the Alps is in Alanya. And I'm here with James or Heli-Ski. There's a group of 16 of us. Uh, and We're gonna get on a helicopter here and drop off at the Pyramid Vanson, which is over 4,000 meters in altitude. Four of the guests plus one guide will get into the helicopter and then it's just a short flight up to amazing scenery up on the Monte Rosa.
0: Right, Ian, so heli-skiing, I've got a really serious question. I know you're going to like it. Um, How much cycling and being a vegan will I have to go through to pay off the carbon emissions
1: of going (laughs) heli-skiing? Yeah, I mean, I I guess that's a, a good question. I mean, the flights weren't very long. Uh, I am, and you know, I am a a fully paid-up member of the Green Party, but I didn't work out what the carbon emissions uh, are, so I think uh, it's one of those uh, one-off sort of things.
0: All right, so um, you know, that's that guilt is put away beside because it's a lot of fun. I'm not, I'm not I'm in totally the same position. If someone said, "You're (laughs) going to go heli skiing," I'm like, "Yeah."
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It was the thrill of getting in the uh, the helicopter. You know, when it comes down in the first place, and uh, you know they briefed you, gone through the whole safety briefing uh, briefing. Uh, told you what you need to do the helicopter lands in front of you it's flying freezing cold uh you know snow into your face you kind of have to look down and look away and then you get the tap time to get on board and hopping into that helicopter you know keeping your your head down the adrenaline is is just flying you know a lot more probably than when you hit a good shot in golf i suspect
0: so once you're on the top of the mountain and it's all nice and the helicopter leaves you there and it's all kind of still what what does that feel like that moment before you set off.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, we were in a, um, a group, so there were other people around. We actually, the first drop we did, we were the first. I was in the first uh, uh, drop. So when we got up there, there was no one around. You're at 4,000 uh, metres. And yeah, you had about five minutes until the helicopter came back on the next rotation. And yeah, you know, it's beautiful, peaceful still. We had a, a tremendous weather on the uh, uh, on the first day that we went uh and you know you're completely outside of what you might call the regular ski area so you know that's that's part of the uh the piece of it it's not even so much that thrill of the helicopters being able to get to a bit of the mountain which you could skin up to you know realistically if you wanted to um you know put in a few hours you could you could get up there um but you're in a that Alanya monterosa ski area is huge Absolutely huge. And I would go back there again without doing the heli-skiing and stuff because i would had skied there once before with it, but without a guide. You know, if you go with a guide, there's so many different options there just for backcountry skiing in general.
0: Um, now, Obviously, you had um, Graham Bell picking up the tab for this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what would a normal person have to pay to go heli-skiing?
1: Uh, That trip's like one and a half thousand pounds. I think it was, it it depends exactly what's included, but 1,600 for the trip, which is four days uh, of which the way it worked for us is that uh, we had two days uh, just skiing the backcountry. And two days where we had one heli drop on both days, which was just de- determined by the weather. You know, you could do two heli drops in, uh, in one day. And if the weather was good, you could tack on a few more for, uh, I think, 200, and, 200 pounds for another heli drop, something like that. Uh, so, you know, it's brilliant. And there's so many different, as I say, different uh, routes in that area. Some great cool walls, some really good steeps. I mean, the whole place is basically off-piste. You know, from Melania, there's, I mean, there's only one lift up to three thousand uh, meters you know, it's uh it's such a great area and Alanya is very small place it's pretty cheap in uh, the resort itself i think there's only 500 beds in the whole resort oh, right. so it just means that there aren't many people in the area people who are over in gressonay and champalook you know, don't tend to come over you know most of them are kind of family holiday uh, skiers as well so on the mountain it was just quiet it was. Um, I will. I will definitely uh, go back there again. Like I say, not necessarily for the heli skiing, although you know, that could be a you know a bonus. But definitely to ski the uh, the off piste again with a guide. I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> look at any of that without them.
0: You had a guide on the helicopter, I assume.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 One guide and uh, and four punters as such in each uh, in each helicopter plus the obviously the pilot now,
0: for those people who have never been heli skiing before and i'd imagine there's quite a few um we we look at the television and you obviously see people being dropped off on the top of a really yeah. steep mountain and then skiing incredibly well through a really smil- a thin cool while that opens into a
1: giant really steep powder field is it exactly like that yeah exactly uh no not at all um interestingly say. most people haven't i did a survey the other day for this uh company james or heli ski and we determined that seven percent of skiers and snowboarders have been heli skiing and 93 percent of people haven't and um, which sounded about uh, uh right to me but you no know, i mean you need to be a good skier and by good skier i would say uh well, advanced, I guess they're all those different categorizations, aren't they? Now, in our group, we had we had 16 of us. So it was uh, James Orr, who's the owner of the company, Graham Bell, myself, and then 13 kind of paying guests. Um, and, you know, there were a, a mix of levels there. And on the first day on the heli drop, we had absolutely beautiful snow, really light powder, you know, wide powder fields, you know, no particular couloirs, nothing you know, hugely challenging, but on the second day, you know, at the top, we had breakable crust, which is quite hard to ski in to start off with. You know, you've got to be quite a strong skier to be able to work your way down through that. And then we had a couple of little couloirs, and the avalanche danger was much higher. You know, we we're all wearing um airbags. Uh, which were compulsory, as well as obviously your beeps and everything else uh, like that. And, you know, some of that was a bit sketchy, you know, particularly when your guide, you know, at one point, uh, our guide went ahead. Because we'd skied this beautiful uh, um, pitch of powder and suddenly we realized it got to the end and there wasn't an easy way down. And there was just a short little one, And the guide said to us, um, well, you know, if I get caught in an avalanche, you will come and rescue me, won't you? And That, that's, that, that kind of uh, gets your heart. Beating when uh your guide says that so you know it's challenging uh skiing for sure but you don't have to jump out of the helicopter or any nonsense like that Oh, I thought,
0: I mean, I'd, I'd insist on jumping out of the helicopter.
1: <laughs> yeah, not sure they'd uh, they'd let you on that one.
0: I think there's something in your insurance policy, actually, Ian, that states if you jump out of the helicopter, then your skiing trip insurance is null and void. It's only if you step out of the helicopter gracefully uh, without skis on your feet. I seem to remember that as a, a thing once, but I mean, I'm not going to read everyone's insurance policy to find out.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a great little, you know, pastime um, before going to bed because it will certainly get you to sleep. Well, that is all of the podcast today. Thank you to our guests. When
0: I say plural, I mean singular. Um, Sam, thank you. Thank you very much to Ian Martin. As always, um, coming up next time, you will be listening to us talking about uh, buying a ski resort. Oh, yeah. And we'll be looking at what it's like to train as a ski instructor. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and Twitter. Share your podcasts. Joy with lots of people that you know. Um, we really appreciate that. And also review us on iTunes. Until next time, thanks a lot. Goodbye.